The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Hi, this is Pastor Johnny Over, founder of the Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park. Here at Sound of Heaven Church, we encourage everyone to understand why they believe what they believe. For me, I had a pretty good childhood, but things got rough fairly quickly. My father was an alcoholic and yet still my best friend. And because of his love for me, which I felt every day, he was my hero. Sadly, my mother had a very different experience. Lonely and sometimes in dangerous situations. The fighting, the marital struggles, the drinking got the best of us and my family fell apart. Through my own personal struggles and demons, I didn't fall. I climbed into the lap of faith and embraced the gospel. Today, I'm ordained and I'm the senior leader of the Sound of Heaven Church. Together with an incredible staff, we offer you the gospel in a way you have never experienced before. Visit my website at soh.church. When considering a church, it's very important to not only examine their beliefs, but also your own. Visit Sound of Heaven Church at soh.church. That's soh.church. Welcome to Sound of Heaven Radio Live, where we are incredibly passionate about making the love of Jesus known to all. And we're here with you each and every single Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ova. I pastor the Sound of Heaven Church located in Deer Park. Be sure to check out our website at soh.church. That's soh.church, where you can see all the things that we're about, everything we're doing in the community. You can listen to some of our services, hear amazing stories. It is an absolute must. Also, like us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Sound of Heaven Live. Our call-in number is 631 631- one four five one one zero three nine. That's six three one four five one one zero three nine. We want you to join in the conversation today. I'm joined by my co-host Jason Costi Ambrosio. What's up? What's up? Happy Friday, everybody, and happy Eve of the Eve, where Tom Brady gets his number seven. Oh, you're starting out. Wait, number seven. Wait, wait, wait. What? Isn't that number seven? Yeah. Wait. So you think he's gonna win? He is gonna win, and I look forward. I was I, I was like so like in the Tom Brady's gonna get his rear end handed to him. No, I'm, I'm you know, going to throw you off Chiefs. early here. And I was like, man, we're starting this off good. And no, you throw this curveball; it's a, it's an absolute disgrace. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's what I do. No, I hope Tom Brady trips and hurts his knees um, walking into I'm the gonna stadium. Pray. I'm going to pray for you, bro. You need to pray for me. That's fine. Everybody listening needs to pray for me. But um, I guess I guess it's glad I'm glad to have you on here today. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Um, even though you're you're aggravating me right off the bat. Um, but uh, anyway, listen, dude, we got a great guest today. We have a great. We guest have an today. awesome guest. I'm I'm so glad we got so much great feedback from Ken uh, on uh, on Wednesday, and my and and our guest tonight is Michael Miano, who has a very similar uh, a story as Mike. But Mike is pastor of the Blue Point Bible Church uh, over in Blue Point. He's the author of the book Freaked Out by the New Covenant, uh, which also the audio version of that is set to be released sometime shortly. So I'm assuming that uh, we're going to be talking about that. But it's about his story, and I love the term that he uses is freaked out by the new covenant um and uh it, 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 he's gonna dive into that and what that means but uh very similar to ken ken was involved with gangs mike was involved with gangs ken went to jail mike went to jail there's this, this radical conversion that happened with mike and it was a process and his story is going to absolutely blow your mind um but with that being said i want to set the tone for tonight i want to read out of the book of first corinthians chapter two tonight and again we always talk about context here i want you to just get this the, the corinthians is a is a book of in the bible there's two of them, 1 Corinthians 
and 2 Corinthians are actually letters that were written to a specific group of people. The church at Corinth, which is the place where the Corinthians were, was more of like a marketplace. People were coming from all over the world. Uh, They were gathering there. They were trading goods. And so Paul had a great idea to set up shop here. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to preach good news so that they could take it back to their homelands. It was a a very smart blueprint in spreading the gospel. Uh, And uh, I want to read a couple verses here. And then I know we got Bobby coming up with Feel Good Friday uh, soon, uh, shortly here. But and here's First Corinthians chapter two, verse one through thirteen. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come as someone superior in speaking ability or wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I also was with you in weakness and fear and in great trembling, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages, our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which has not entered the human heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. And I I think that's a really great point that we could start on today because the message was so shocking to some of these people. I could assume that they were freaked out themselves hearing this good news. And, you know, for them, when they were talking about uh, the mystery, they only understood kind of of it, a part of it. Um, And it was about to be real, the fullness of it. And what God had in store for them was beyond anything they could even imagine. Yeah, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible uh, because you can invoke it in different times. When when somebody passes away and they say, hey, what's heaven like? You can say, listen, God says about the new covenant that no eye has seen nor ear has heard nor things uh, have ever been fathomed how great it is. And you can apply that because, like, look, the ultimate the, you know, goal of the New Testament or the ultimate uh, place of the New Testament is eternal life. But I think we take for granted sometimes what it really means to have a relationship with God and how it absolutely impacts every area, not just of the life beyond, but our life right now. Absolutely. And even that term relationship with God may sound odd to some. And I know it sounded odd to Mike most of his life. And I'm glad that he's going to be able to come on and share with us a bit. Uh, We're going to have Mike come on in the next segment. But right now, we got Bobby Rydell on site. I think he's in Vietnam. Bobby Rydell? I think he's in Vietnam. In Vietnam? Yeah, with a really amazing, heartwarming story. Bobby, are you there? I am here. You actually forgot where I am. I'm standing right outside the Raymond James Stadium right now, away from the snow. I just arrived this morning. It's outstanding. And I, you know me, I'm not even a Super Bowl fan, but that's what it is. And it's uh, the Chiefs versus the Buccaneers, and my money's on the Chiefs. All oh, right, Bob. And Bobby's okay. a betting man, and so I would lean. I would lean. Uh, I would lean that way. I would definitely take <laughs> sports <laughs> advice from Bobby. Me too. Uh, I highly advise I, him. I, I think so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm usually right on those things. I get all the WrestleManias right. So. Um, because you read anyway. the script <laughs> before it happened. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no script. But uh, listen, do you guys know about the NFL executive, Larry Fernandini? Do you know who that guy is? I don't. I want to do something with the Super Bowl, of course. So the big game being two days from now. This guy, Larry, he's a real big wig in the NFL. He had a massive heart attack. I really oh, no. Uh, yeah, something that was... This is not feel good, Bobby. This yeah, is thanks, this did not feel good, but it is always a good ending to it. Okay. But it was a bad. It was in 2019. It, it was called... Ready for this, John? It's called the, the Widowmaker oh. uh, Heart Attack. Oh. Something that was really supposed to get him 
uh, pretty bad, like six feet under bad. So uh, he was rushed to the Mount Sinai South Nassau Hospital, and he was worked on by an amazing team of people. He recovered. It wasn't looking like he was going to recover. So what did he do for the big game? I guess this is Super Bowl 55. I hope I'm right on that. You are correct. I believe it's Super Bowl. I, I'm seeing it on the building right now, so it has to be 55. And right now, he invited four of those people that worked on him. Now, he got them game tickets. Wow. He got them the air, the hotel. But now get this. He is part of the committee in the NFL that has chosen to invite and pay for all the expenses paid 7,500 uh, essential workers from across oh, the country. That's amazing. That is amazing. The Super Bowl. Amazing. Yeah, that's a great time. We we all need a sense of normalcy, especially in times like this. And, you know, just the fact that the Super Bowl was going to have fans there and that he was able to do this for them, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, 7,500, that's amazing. But he really is catering to his, his team of people that worked on him because he said, listen, it was their competence over at uh, Mount Sinai South Nassau Hospital that got him through. So I think he needs to be applauded. So great job for Larry. Awesome, and Larry. I think this is going to be awesome on Sunday, and I'll see you guys on Monday. All right, that sounds good, Bobby. Thank you so much for the Feel Good Friday segment. That's a really awesome story, man. That is the fact a good that story. he was able to do that for them and 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 bless them that way. That's pretty. That's pretty exciting. Uh, but yeah, def- the least he could do. Yeah, it's a very. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know. I thought he said Vietnam. I guess Miami, Vietnam, you know, Tampa Bay. It's all wrapped up in the same thing. Unbelievable, <laughs> guys. Uh, we. I'm excited. I know I said this, but I'm I'm excited about Mike Miano joining us here in a little bit. And much like this verse, um, I know that God has uh, done so much in Michael's life. And again, like I said, very similar to Ken's story, the gang, the drugs, and the growing up, and uh, and the searching for something greater than himself. And sometimes the the situations that look the worst in our lives are really to pull the very best out of us. Uh, and I know that's what God did uh, in Mike's life. And his work today is is just proof positive of that, of, of how he's affecting people uh, all across the island. And um, it, it, I, I what I admire about Mike is I always say this, nobody studies more than Mike Miano. Nobody, very nobody well knows read. the scriptures better than Mike. And I mean, this guy is honest and genuine and transparent. And I appreciate our friendship. I, I appreciate him as a man of God, a fellow coworker. He's been a great friend to Sound of Heaven. Absolutely. Sure. And, and his leadership. And his whole congregation, really. Great people. Awesome. And uh, the leadership on the island, too, and co-labor that. Making Jesus' name known in a new way, in the real way, the authentic way, and tearing down these religious strongholds that just got all people confused about God and church. So we're going to have him on in a few minutes. You're listening to Sound of Heaven Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ova. I'm here with Jason Koch, D. Ambrosio. We're with you every single Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. Check out our website, soh.church. That's soh.church. Coming up next, Pastor Mike Miano. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Sound of Heaven Radio Live, where we are incredibly passionate about making the love of Jesus known to all. We're here with you each and every single Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ova. I pastor the Sound of Heaven Church. I'm joined tonight with my co-host, Jason Koch, D. Ambrosio. We want you to check out our website, soh.church. That's soh.church. Our call-in number, 631-451-1039. That's 631-451-1039. 
nine if you want to jump in on the conversation. Our guest tonight is here in the house. It is Pastor Mike Miano, pastor of the Blue Point Bible Church, author of the book Freaked Out by the New Covenant, which I believe, if I read this correctly or we spoke about this correctly, whatever have happened in the last 12 hours, this is being released on in an audio version, correct? Yes. Is it on Audible or just on It'll an audio? It'll be on Audible within the next couple of days. Audible in the next couple of days. Awesome. So... Mike, we were talking about just a lot of uh, just different things going on in regards to the scriptures, regards to First Corinthians, and when we were thinking about your um, when we were thinking about your testimony, Jason had brought up the great point of the the no uh, eye has seen, no ear has heard, and then it was finally revealed to them. Uh, when it was finally revealed to them, that was probably a time they were freaked out. They were probably like, "Whoa, wait, hold on a second, wait." Wait, what's going on here? And I know you wrote this book, Freaked Out uh, by the New Covenant. I'm excited to get into this with you, but I want to have the audience get to know Mike a little bit here, okay? So let's do a quick little Q&A, okay? Favorite color? Red. Oh, man. This guy's I got, got red a, shoes on, this guy's man. Got I got a tear, red sneakers on. This guy's on. got gotta... a teardrop on his eye, and he's telling me his favorite color is red. He's making me nervous, okay? All right. Uh, favorite vegetable? Broccoli. Broccoli. I would have taken you for a carrot guy. Oh, uh, my brother loves like beef and broccoli, so I have to do beef. You got to do beef and yeah. broccoli. Beef, and, broccoli. beef is my favorite vegetable. <laughs> beef and broccoli. Beef and broccoli. That's beef it. looks like your favorite vegetable. <laughs> beef is my ve- favorite vegetable, but <laughs> broccoli is also my favorite vegetable. All right, I got you. The beef and broccoli. A favorite sports team. I'm gonna get in so much trouble for this. We're gonna do Jets. I'm gonna go for Jets. Yes. Come on, Johnny. Oh, my Come on, man. Johnny. That seemed, my man. That totally All right. seemed forced. Unbelievable. All right. Favorite book you've read? Non-biblical. Non-biblical book that I've read was, you know, there's an author named uh, off the top of my head, R. A. Nope. You know what? I'll tell you what. I, I don't know my favorite author. Um, it might be, let's say. Uh, I like crime fiction. Okay, so give me the genre. So we're we're doing somebody like, um, uh, what's his name? Off the top of my so head, any, anything that. crime fiction is that's like the yeah. genre of choice, like something that intrigues you. Yeah, you crime understand? fiction, or let's say something like sci-fi fiction. Okay, you know, I'm thinking R. A. Salvatore. I think is the name of the author. Um, he, he deals with more like trolls and a lot of. Strange stuff that again get your mind outside of this world into a, a whole other you dimension. You, you sinner. I'm sinner. telling you, I know. <laughs> I, I probably have done put myself in a pagan world at this point. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, Mike, I, I want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about. And you have an amazing story, man. You really do. And God's done so much in your life and taken you through so much. You grew up here on the island, right? Did you always tell us where, where town did you grow up in? Where uh, did you always believe in God? Did you attend church? Give us a little bit of background on Michael Miano. Sure. Um, so I grew up here on Long Island. Um, I was born in Port Jeff and uh, what's that? Uh, our, our St. Charles over there in Port Jeff. Um, I grew up here on Long Island. But long story short, um, grew up in Selden, Ronkonkoma area. My mom, unfortunately, got addicted to drugs at a younger age. And that led to my life kind of being bounced around from foster home to family member to foster home, back to family member, etc. Until I found myself in prison, unfortunately, is where all the foster home, again, the disconnect between family members, whether it was between my mom or my aunt or the foster home, led me ultimately to find my identity within a gang construct, within like this being my family structure. What about your father? Did you have a relationship with him? Unfortunately, my father was absent most of my life, 
praise be to God, more recently have developed a relationship oh, with him, awesome, being awesome. open to that and being open to, again, social media doing great things, uh, social media opening that door for me to be able to, uh, let's say, forgive my dad and maybe let him forgive me in areas that, that might be necessary as well. Do you feel like that was like a, a harbored bitterness in your life growing up? Did you, like, did you think about him a lot or did it make you angry at times? If I'm being more honest than... Uh, then I want to be on public radio, then you know what? Sure. You know, I'll tell you, um, my dad and I has been an ongoing problem. I would say, I would say that in my family construct that maybe family members have said something like you're being like your dad, which has put me at a kind of a moment with my dad where I don't like him because I'm like saying, I'm saying, is that behavior like my dad? Well, then that's not behavior I want to display. Um, so that might've put me at odds with my dad. However, Growing up and understanding adults and understanding we all come with, you know, I'll tell you what, in my 36 years, I'm realizing that, wow, you mean at 36, you didn't have it all figured out and there wasn't a manual given to you that, 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 you know, you had a life figured out. So in my more recent years, it's given me this pause to think back and say, well, here you are as a 36 year old man. How do you feel? Do you feel that you have all things figured out? Or maybe you need to give grace to other 36 year old men that might have been in that position. Gotcha. and so from this, you and uh, in your childhood, if mom uh, going through her struggles, you're bouncing around, you end up uh, in foster care or, or bounce around that. And then you said you came into this gang environment where it, I'm assuming it was that family aspect that you were craving sure. that that's what drew you into that. Absolutely. It was it was that. And of course, adventure. OK. Opportunity, you know, things to things to do outside of my aunt yelling at me about what side of jeans or where I should hang out at Handy Pantry. Okay. Uh, those were those were facets that all had to deal with it. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, uh, and so from there, that leads you to prison, mm-hmm. correct? Is there, is there any, my, I know there's probably a lot of stuff in between that gap. Uh, anything, what, what do you feel like, like what led you down this path? I'm trying to kind of get inside the the mind and the heart of you of, okay, so that, that family element was drawing power to you uh, in this gang. And I'm assuming one thing led to another here in this gang, and then you end up in jail. How, how did you end up in jail? So you're right on with the family element was definitely missing. You mm-hmm. know, I needed that family element. I needed that love. I needed that just somebody that wants you to do a little bit better than where you're at right now. Uh, so the gang definitely offered that. However, there was also that ad- aspect of adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think here we are on Long Island, you know, there's, you live here, so you know, there's a certain amount of things you could do, certain amount of things you cannot do. So right. there came a point where I felt like, all right, so maybe my interest is outside my my friend's zone. Right. And it became a point where I wanted to do more. Now, what more meant, I had no idea. And I think that's the right. problem with a lot of young people is that they don't know what more might mean. Right. You know, right. might, what, what more might not mean, mean something you want it to mean. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and, and that's what it meant for me. Unfortunately, it became, uh, it, it became its own identity. And, and, you know, joining this gang, again, it was cool. It was, you know, I hang out with older people. I hang out with the, these guys have, you know, the cool sneakers, et cetera. Right. Uh, they're willing to give me the cool sneakers. But then they also want you to, you know, <laughs> that's a whole other venue. You know, they want you to go down this road that you don't want to go down. Right. So for me, really what drew me to the gang lifestyle was the need for family, absolutely. Right. But also the need for adventure, the need for something different than what my immediate confines were offering. Interesting. Did you feel like you didn't know what 
the direction of your life should be and you were confused about that? Is, was that what pushed you in it? Or did you have some weird perception of what you thought it should be? Well, Jason, you called it, man. That, that, that's really what the goal was. Is that, it's that I had no direction whatsoever. It was maybe I want this. Maybe I want to be a full-fledged gang member. Maybe I want to be the family man that loves his family. Maybe I want to be the student in school that my teachers adore. Again, there was so much open to me at that point that mm. I really had no frame of reference of where I wanted to go or what my identity might be. Right, right. And so we're going to we're going to break here in a minute, but I'm, you you end up in jail, and then this transformation takes place in your life. This this dawning, this searching, this yearning. Right? Am I correct in that? Mm-hmm. That's where God really started to work inside Absolutely. of your heart. So we're going to break. We're going to start from there when we get back to the break. You're going to want to stay tuned for this when you hear just some of the things that Mike was dealing with uh, uh, mentally, emotionally in jail. How God hooked him, how God got his attention, and and uh, we're going to go over your, your book, Freaked Out by the New Covenant, too, and, and, and dive into that a little bit. So, Mike, thanks so much for, for, for joining us tonight. You're listening to Sound of Heaven Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Over. We're with you every single Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. Check out our website at soh.church. That is soh.church. You can find out all the great things we're doing in the community. You can hear some of our messages and some of the things we teach, uh, and hear some just amazing stories of people's lives being turned around. Stay tuned up next more with pastor mike miano hi this is pastor johnny over founder of the sound of heaven church in deer park here at sound of heaven church we encourage everyone to understand why they believe what they believe For me, I had a pretty good childhood, but things got rough fairly quickly. My father was an alcoholic and yet still my best friend. And because of his love for me, which I felt every day, he was my hero. Sadly, my mother had a very different experience. Lonely and sometimes in dangerous situations. The fighting, the marital struggles, the drinking got the best of us and my family fell apart. Through my own personal struggles and demons, I didn't fall. I climbed into the lap of faith and embraced the gospel. Today, I'm ordained and I'm the senior leader of the Sound of Heaven Church. Together with an incredible staff, we offer you the gospel in a way you have never experienced before. Visit my website at soh.church. When considering a church, it's very important to not only examine their beliefs, but also your own. Visit Sound of Heaven Church at soh.church. That's soh.church. Welcome back, everybody, to Sound of Heaven Radio Live, where we are incredibly passionate about making the love of Jesus known to all, and we're here with you each and every Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ova. I pastor the Sound of Heaven Church, located in Deer Park. Be sure to visit our website at soh.church. That's soh.church. You can see all the great things we're doing in the community, check out some of our services, and hear some amazing stories of God changing people's lives. Also, like us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Sound of Heaven Live. Our call in number to join the conversation 631 451 1039. That's 631 451 1039. Tonight, me and Jason are joined by a friend of ours, Pastor Mike Miano of the Blue Point Bible Church. He's the author of the book Freaked Out by the New Covenant. He's got the audio book scheduled to release here today. We let, left off break of him sharing a little bit about his history and his story, uh, and, and we left off with him in jail. Uh, so we're going to uh, break that open a little bit more, but I did make a promise to Mike um, before we got on here, and that was that we are going to do a tongue twister or two to make sure that he's got his vocabulary down. So, Mike, are you ready for this? I'm ready, You man. ready for Let's this? Let's do this. All right. Uh, I need you, the first tongue twister. Betty Botter bought a bit of butter. 
Betty Butter bought a bit of butter. Bit of butter. She didn't bought oh. a bit of butter. Awful. Oh, oh, all right. All right. Hold on. One more. All right. We'll do this simple. The she sells she sells by the seashore. <laughs> She sells seashells by the seashore. That hurts your heart saying something. Can, like can that. I add one? <laughs> Go ahead, add one. Say toy boat five times. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. You can't say You got to say it fast? You got to say it fast. Toy boat, toy boat. Yeah, no. We're not doing this. So there's our. that's your brain activity for tonight, okay? People listen. It's like it sounds like glass breaking in my ears listening to What is going on with these What is happening over here with these crazy Christians? But all right. So, Mike, we ended up. We talked about the why. Why did you join this gang? What led you to this? You end up in in jail and you spend three years in jail where on the were you in new york in jail upstate new york you were in upstate new york what was your experience like there and and is that where god where you first had this this kind of back and forth with faith yeah so you know let me first say free mike miano um you know know, so here i was i was sentenced to a three-year prison sentence and really you know let me say this At, at the beginning of my gang identity and the gang culture the goal was to feel good in who I was, right? That's the reason why anybody's doing what they're doing, right? You're joining a gang, you're getting involved with whatever culture. It's because you're you're hoping to find some identity, some some uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Some self esteem, some fulfillment. Yeah, some fulfillment. Right, exactly. You want to feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, whether it's according to God or according to whatever ethereal. Right. You know, we all have voids, right? And either we fill that with God or we're going to fill that with something That's else. That's right. Yeah. And, I, and I don't know, I, I would say that I don't know what I was filling it with. Okay. But I was filling it with probably self. You know, self wanting to feel fulfilled in and of myself that I was fulfilling the identity that I had of myself. Okay. So that's why I joined this gang, right? So I'm, I'm now cool, tough, whatever, you know, the, the, at you, that time. Were you a violent guy? Um. You know, I mean, I see the teardrop. You don't get those for ripping tags off mattresses. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the gang culture, I think most people would figure that I was probably a violent guy. But again, if you would ask me, I would say no. Okay. I would say from my vantage point, I feel like I was a very fair gang member. I feel like, again, we've been in some weird in my younger years. And again, a lot of gang situations are not gang situations. You know, they're just what you think as a young person is a gang situation. Okay. Um. In those situations, I felt like I was, I was fair. I, I did feel that I was fair. I didn't want innocent people outside of gang activity to be harmed. And I do think, I say that because I believe there's gang members today that are still in that similar element where they're confused. You know, they're, they're stuck. They're in this world of like violence and et cetera. They don't realize that people outside of your confines, right? outside of what you think is the good or the bad, are actually being harmed by your actions. Hmm. And I didn't think about that. You know, I'm thinking this kid joined a gang. He's a part of a rival gang. Well, I'm going to go get him. What you don't realize is his family, his mother, his father, his aunt, his uncle, uh, the people that care about him. Right. And I think that's important to take into consideration when we think about gangs is that there's a lot of people outside of this individual gang member that are important. Collateral right. damage. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Rightly said. And so now here I am in prison. And the reason I say that is because I think somebody that was direly affected by my prison sentence was my mother. My mother was addicted to drugs. So I always felt like she was kind of abstract. She was out there addicted to her drugs, doing her own thing. But at the same time, when I became, when I got in prison, my mom got clean. Mm. So here okay. she is. She's oh, visiting wow. me now in prison. And she's seeing me in this situation and saying, and I imagine in and of herself, she's probably saying, I contributed to this mess. Right. You know, so here I am now. Now tr- I'm 
you know, I went through a county and then I went to state facilities, et cetera. And here I am, a gang member, a hardened gang member, you know, quote unquote. And uh, I'm sitting in prison and I'm looking at my mother through this grate, you know, these, these grates, these metal grates. My mother came to visit me when I was in prison on her birthday, clean off of drugs while I'm sitting behind a metal grate talking Mom. to her. Wow. And that had a moment for me. You know, that was the moment right there. That if you really want a, a catalyzing moment in my life was sitting there looking at my mother saying, she doesn't serve this. She struggled enough. Here I am. Look at me. Selfish. Selfish. You know, and, and really trying to challenge myself to change. Now, I didn't know what change was. And, you know, to be clear, I, I hadn't found my identity. I didn't know who I was. I was, again, as we had highlighted before, a large, a large part of the gang identity is, is struggling with who you are. Right. You know, what, what is my identity? Do I want to be that tough guy? Do I want to be that peacemaker? Do I want to be, you know, who am I? What, right. what is my identity? And or just feel protected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Secure, yeah. So that's a large part of the identity in the gang. And even in the prison system, that's a large part of the gang identity was who am I? Right. You know, where am I going? What am I doing? So um, to kind of transition that thought, so here I am in prison. I'm, I'm challenging myself. And, and one thing I will say that, that I'm grateful for, and I believe that, exhibits God being at work in my life was that I always had this this sort of energy in me that was saying, is this it? Are you doing it? Are you fulfilling it? Is this what you were made to do? You know, and, and that was a big thing for me, always asking myself that at every vantage point. Again, here I am, a gang member. I'm on like, uh, I don't know if you remember, they used to do job occupation tests that you could take, you know, and I'm taking these right, tests right. In, in county facility, Yapank facility. I'm taking these tests and I'm saying, Okay, social worker, gang member, social worker. <laughs> you know, and I'm challenging that. And right. I'm sitting there and I'm saying, what is my identity? Right. And, you know, to kind of bring this to a, a moment here, I'll say that. So when I got transitioned from county facilities to upstate facilities, they bring you into mental health. And then when I started going to a counselor, that counselor, one day a counselor said something to me that catalyzed my entire journey. And he said, who are you? without your identity labels, without calling myself whatever a gang member or, or, or a mother of my son or whatever. Who are you? Right. Who is Mike Miano? Who are you without caring what other people think of you? And honestly, that created a journey. Wow. In and of that's myself. powerful. That's, that, that's wow. So you were, you were forced to look at life outside of the paradigm that you've had for so many years leading up to that point. That's right. All I knew was identity. I right. knew I'm a son. I'm a husband. You know, I'm not a husband, but I'm a son. I'm a gang member. I'm a, a brother. I'm a sister. I'm a, a friend. I'm, you know, what other identities do you give yourself? And right. he asked me, he said, so outside of that, who is Mike Miano? Interesting. Talk about a little bit of your introduction to Christianity. So... In the midst of this journey, right, mm -hmm. in the midst of meeting this counselor and going through all these kind of, uh, again, I, I truly believe, and I, as I, I read in my audio book today, because I'm, I'm narrating the audio book, so I'm reading my own thoughts, which is strange in and of itself. <laughs> um, so I'm reading the audio book, and I'm thinking about my thoughts at that time. And one of the things I, I, I explained in that book was that I found myself at a point where I couldn't explain who I was outside of the identities, the, the roles that I played. And then a man came to me named Paul who had explained to me, and it's not the fault of the Bible. I was going to say, wait, I this, I've read Whoa. this story before. The Apostle Paul <laughs> did not come to me. Um, but no, a man named Paul, and uh, Paul came to me, and he basically, he challenged me, you know, who are you? Well, who does God want you to be? Right. Who does God want you, Mike Miano, to be? Not who did God want Peter. Did you believe that there was a God at that time? Y you know, 
I was up and down. I was up and down. I, I kind of, I've studied through religions. I'm a reader. You know, anybody that knows me personally knows I love to read. Um, you know, that's why I do feel for those people that don't love to read. I, I, I maybe that's why I'm creating an audio book, uh, you know, because I, I hope that people that don't read would challenge their thoughts beyond the, where they're thinking. You right. know, again, our, we live in a society that is by and large, let's say new age, mm-hmm. uh, universalist in that sense. Um, for me, I wasn't there. I was more of a, let's say, ag- atheist agnostic, where I was comfortable with saying maybe God doesn't exist. But I know a lot of people and I know a lot of information. I know I know a lot of people that call themselves by titles of religion right. that are not fools. Right, right. So, I, I mean, it, it deserves something. It deserves some sort of perusal, some sort of reading. But that's kind of honest uh, intellect right there. Like, yeah. why do you believe what you believe? Like, I respect you enough to under- to try to at least ask you why you believe what you believe. Right. Christians were wrong, though. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, right. They were wrong. You guys have it totally yeah, wrong. All, all and, wrong. And so I leaned more toward, like, Islam, let's say, New Age, um, you know, that type of philosophy, even to the extent where I, I contemplated creating my own religion. Where I was wow. thinking, you know, and, and actually I say this in my book, Freaked Out. I, I say um, that the religion I would have created probably would have looked like the Gnosticism that plagued the first century church. So they already knew. They already knew the problem was coming. Right. But, Interesting. But that's where I was at. I was at this, like, I know it all. I have this secret knowledge. And what, so what was that moment where you're like, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. All right. So to, to create, a, make a long story short, um, the man that I, I explained, Paul, um, again, not Paul of the Bible. Um, Paul came and spoke to me, and he he basically challenged me on a on a socio political level. No, I'm kidding. You. Go ahead. Michael, you hear my voice? Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was more of like, so I, I know you're interested in politics. I know you're interested in like history. So why don't we look at the Bible through that lens and see what it has to offer? Interesting. Right. All right. Cool. I mean. It, Think about how many ways we as Christians could go about that type of evangelism now where we could say, all right, so you're interested in... in That's kind of the Acts 17 approach, right? It's yeah. like, oh, you, you worship an unknown God. Let me tell you about that unknown God. And he kind of approached you that exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. And that's exactly what he did. So he comes, he says, you know, you're interested in this. So let's, let's look at that unknown God. Let's consider that unknown God, right? So we consider it in... And honestly, as I imagine many of those in Acts 17, uh, myself, I, I sat there and I said... All right, so you got something to build upon, right? right. He, he, and, and again, I might not agree with all the views he said at that time. Right. Um, as I imagine somebody that's sitting in the 21st century listening to the Apostle Paul talk in the first century probably wouldn't agree either. Right, but, right, right. Um, you know, so I, he, he came to me and he explained to me basically socio- socioeconomic, like one of the things that intrigued me was the eagle. You see the eagle mentioned all throughout Scripture. Well, where do you hear the eagle mentioned now? Ah, oh, U.S. politics, the eagle, America, here we are. Right, so, right, right. you know, and that got me thinking. I was like, wow, that is some similar language. Right. Which, again, here we are in America. We know that our language was borrowed from biblical ancestors. Sure. So that got me thinking, and I was like, oh, what if the Bible is talking about it? So long story short, I, got end- I ended up uh, being led by what interested me. This man approached me on an area that, and I think this is an area of evangelism. That's why I'm saying this. He approached me in an area that interested me. Hmm. He came to me. He talked to me where I was at and then used that to help lead me to a bigger understanding of who God is. Wow. Interesting. And I think that's where we as Christians need to constantly be searching. Where are people at? 
Right. You know, meet them. God, again, what we say at Blue Point a lot of times is God speaks to people in ways they understand. Absolutely. This and is what Jesus did. Yeah, exactly. He did this with the apostles. He met them on the boat. He met them in the house. He met them in where they were sick. He met, That's right. He, and the apostles, that he didn't wait for them to come to him. He sent them out to go meet them where they're at. And I'm assuming that 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 this has led you. I'm sure this has covered a lot of this in your book, Freaked Out by the New Covenant, mm-hmm. right? I want to know about the Absolutely. freaked out part. Yeah, t- go ahead. Talk, talk a little bit about the freaked out part. Freaked out, all right. So Why are you so, so freaked out, Mike? Oh, man, I'll tell you. I just think of Macho so, Man. Freak out, freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of Macho Man, but... <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, really what it boils down to is this. Um, when you hear really good news, right? So here I am, this man is telling me about Jesus, showing me socioeconomical, political stuff, you know. It, it's, it's interesting to me. But really what got my interest was it adds up. The little bit I learned right here is valuable, and it adds value to my life. So now what if I keep adding? What if I keep studying? Hmm. So I kept studying, and it, all of a sudden it kept adding value to my life. And then before you know it, I mean, here I am sitting here, this was 2005. I'm sitting here smiling to you in 2021 where I studied this morning and right. I read my common prayer and I'm like, man, God is still going. He's still speaking. <laughs> yeah, but there had to be a point where it went from head knowledge to heart knowledge where it really just pierced you and and I want to hear about that. That's And, and I appreciate that, Jason. So uh, really what for me was, so, all right, so I the, the historical head knowledge is the resurrection of Jesus. If I was to preach to anybody listening to this show, show me any other reason right. why more than 500 people be willing to die for what they know to be, for what they seen with their own eyes. And they said, we touched, we saw, we felt. So the head knowledge is right there. It's like, oh, man, like these people literally died for something they saw. Right. You know? yep. So now the heart knowledge is I go up to my cell. We pray in the yard, right? One day uh, I came out to the yard and with my head knowledge. I'm a head knowledge guy. Jason, you've known me long enough. So I go out to the yard and I say, all right, so... I grappled with this last night. Like it literally had the concordance, you know, the biggest book known to mankind, so to speak. Um, had the concordance there. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, Jesus rose from the dead. Case for Christ right next to me, you know, Lee Strobel. All right, Jesus rose from the dead. Dude, you've been wrong about everything in life. <laughs> <laughs> and literally from that moment right there, just having that mental moment and saying, you've been wrong. You've been wrong. And going out to the yard the next day and saying, I think I'm a Christian. Wow. I've been wrong about everything I've ever believed in my entire life. What do I do? And I, and I joked with the guys that led me to Christ. I said, so what do I do need to become a Christian? And they all joked. They said, it's not a gang. It's not a gang. You know, you <laughs> need to get initiated. And, and for me, we prayed in the yard, you know, the whole tears. And you guys know me long enough. You know, I'm not an emotional guy. I'm not the tears, you right. know. Yeah, you had to draw a tear on. Exactly, to show you that I had a little bit of emotion. Come on now. Um, But there I was, you know, crying in the yard with these men saying, wow, God is so much bigger, so much more beyond than anything I ever pictured for my life. Right. And... That's a, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, man. I, I woke up. I wish I could have more to say about that other than I woke up this morning thinking about this program saying, man, God's still doing it. He's still He's doing still it. He's still going. Where man. can people get your book? So you can buy Freaked Out by the New Covenant on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the usual places. Um, I believe that Freaked Out by the New Covenant on audiobook will be made available through Amazon as well as Audible okay. and a lot of those other programs that uh, are out there. And again, the goal of Freaked Out by the New Covenant, if I was to say Freaked Out, right? Freaked out for me is 
I always say that, you know, somebody wins the lottery. What do you do? You know, you go to the place, you're like, oh, my God, I won this money. (laughs) And and I always wonder, but if you believe that God has a purpose for your life, if you were an ignorant, selfish individual as I was, and you believe that God has a purpose for your life, and you come to the understanding that God really has, like, all of these trials and all these struggles. And if I may say this, one of the biggest catalysts for me was this. So my argument used to be against Christianity was, if God cared so much for me, why would he create me and put me in this situation? Hmm. So here I am in prison, stubborn kid, feel like I have the all the answers. By the way, I mean, uh, for example, uh, my mom's drug dealer became a Christian, and he said to me, uh, he, he kind of tried to what I call guilt trip me into Christianity where, you know, Jesus died for your sins, you need to be, you, you need to be uh, willing to accept that. And the thing that stood out to me was this. He said, you know, Jesus died for your sins, and I said, well, why would you guilt trip me? My gang taught me that you shouldn't guilt trip me, that I should choose, I should ask you what you should do for me. And, and to kind of sum it all up, the way I answered that was I had come at it from a wrong direction. I came at it from here I am, a young man, wanting to argue against Christianity, wanting to argue against it. This man is literally showing me the truth, and I'm arguing against it from every natural ideology. And the text you guys mentioned at the beginning of this seminar, the session, was 1 Corinthians 2. And 1 Corinthians 2 talks about the natural things do not belong right. to the children of God. You know, the, the, the natural mind does not understand the things of God. Right. And for me, that's where I'm at today is that I understand that the natural man does not understand the spirit of God. Mike, I mean, this is we could go on for another hour here. Mike, thanks so much for being a part of the show tonight and sharing your story. Make sure you check out Pastor Mike Miano's book on Amazon, uh, Freaked Out by the New Covenant. You could listen to it there, too, when the audible version comes out, the audio version comes out uh, over the next couple weeks. But, guys, if you're listening here tonight, I just want to pr- quickly pray for you tonight uh, that don't let your head knowledge get in the way of what God wants to do. I pray that you would surrender everything tonight. You would call out on the name of Jesus. You would invite him into your heart and say, God, just make me new. Forgive me for all that I've done and to expect great things for my life. In Jesus' name, just say that in your own word. Just make the cry of your heart real. God, come into my life. Make me new. You are my Lord and my Savior. And watch what God does in your life. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Sound of Heaven Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Ova, joined by my co-host, Jason Koch, D. Ambrosio. Check out our website at soh.church. That's soh.church. We're here with you every Wednesday and Friday at 6 p.m. We'll see you next Wednesday. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. We'll see you Wednesday, guys. God bless you. Thanks again, Mike. We'll see you soon. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.